Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Arabell. That's right, Fantasy Focus Baseball. One more time. It's Monday, September 30th, 2019. He is Tristan H. Cockroft. The H stands for winning all his leagues. I am Eric. Tarika Foster produces today's show, and somewhere silently editorial watchdogging is Tom Carpenter. Tristan, I don't know what we're going to talk about today, and neither do you, but let's just get right in. I don't, but I like the one more time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. celebrate. So something, the, number, something, something. the number of leagues you won, is it in double digits, or uh, is it back no. in singles? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me sing unhappy songs like "We Aren't the Champions, nice. My Friend." <laughs> That's fantastic, and I'll keep on whining till we stop taping. <laughs> Do you have a second place song for me? Um, yeah, we should sing those both for ourselves. Hey, you know, just stay in the hunt, and you know, sometimes it just doesn't happen. Sometimes every time for me, but it's fun to contend. Look, I'd rather finish second every year than tenth. But, you know, what are you going to do? The key is you congrats, you give the congrats to your league's champions. Absolutely. They earned it, and you come right back hungry for the title next year. Yeah. Don't ever, like, tweet out or email a guy in your league who won and say, you won only because I lost. That ain't true. They they earned it. No, if you win a fantasy baseball league, and it's not really the same for football, I'm going to say, but if you win a fantasy baseball league, like, you you earned it. This you is a six-month season, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a grind. <laughs> it's a grind. Some things that obviously have to go your way. And a bunch of my leagues were decided in the last couple of weeks. A couple we saw in our expert leagues were decided on the last day. Our office league was a half a point for Zola. How about that? Yeah. Lord Zola. And he won something else, too. Didn't he win? He is the champion of the uh, great uh, Fantasy Baseball Invitational League. He's yeah. really good at this. He is very good at this. And, uh, you know, I was going to actually cite him for, for he had posted uh, over the weekend a very interesting point about the league champions. And that is allow your commissioner to issue the formal league congratulations and then give your congrats to the champ. I like that point. I do, you know, too. Because yeah. the commission can write up a very elaborate thing with the histories of the leagues and the like. And sometimes they are great battles. Down you mentioned a half point for Zola's in the office league. A, a labor was decided by one half a point again. I think that's the first time in – or the second time now in, in either three or four years where it was decided by a half point. A half point! <laughs> It's fantastic stuff. Yeah. It really is. Um, anyway, that's the open. Here comes the buzz. All right, so obviously no games to preview anymore. I mean, it's not our job to talk about the playoffs. Although I do, I want to. We can talk about the playoffs if we want. Well, actually, we do have a postseason poll, uh, postseason playoff uh, rankings, which I am doing and uh, checking my email. We're doing it today. So (laughs) right after the show, (laughs) I am doing playoff rankings, which will then, I guess, include the wild card games set for Tuesday and for Wednesday. So um, you actually gave me the uh, the numbers for the playoff pools. so, and I don't know where you play them or what site. I just don't. We're doing ours. I do ours. them by hand. You, of course you do. Because I believe in doing them by hand. I'm that Do you crazy. sleep with the Excel sheet under your pillow? I'm just curious. Oh, no comment. Um, I should not comment on that. I have, <laughs> I have done that. <laughs> oh my goodness. I shouldn't have even said it. I, 
I shouldn't. You really shouldn't have. This is too much information. What do you, what, what, you, you sleep with an Excel sheet? I fa- if I fall asleep while working on it, you know, you sit up, you have that, that neat pillow that you can lean on in your bed or oh, something. Your and you're just wife. working on things. <laughs> Briefly, give us some, some, how do you win a postseason uh, pool? Is it luck? I mean, what's your strategy for the draft? Luck does have uh, quite a bit to do with it, but uh, I, I find that the key is make your picks of series before you even think about players map out all of the series and their results and that is the way in which you should be drafting uh stack a lot lean on pitching pitching drives even more in a postseason pool than it does during a regular season pool and do not forget the value of relief pitchers because with all those off days relief pitchers are more likely to pitch more often so the possibility of relief wins especially with starters not going as far nowadays and saves is greater that's where a lot of the value is going to come so, in a, in a general sense, you don't want players on wildcard teams. They have to win that game just to get to the next round. But I, I would assume lots of Yankees, Dodgers, and uh, and Astros, because those are the three favorites to get to the World Series. And picking the Yankees... Uh, now, now, this assumes that the Yankees and the Astros do get to the ALCS. There's, of course, a chance they don't. But I think everybody's picking them. I look at our picks on here, and it seems like everybody's going that direction. Getting the winner of that ALCS right is probably going to decide a lot of postseason pools. Who do you have? Um, I have I had Astros before the season, and then when they got Granky, that solidified it for me. I have Astros over Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers are like me and my fantasy teams. They're going to get to the final again, and lose. I mean, <laughs> I think I think there's a far better chance the Dodgers lose in the playoffs before the final World Series than the Astros. Um, I'd be really surprised if the Astros and Yankees don't meet up in a series. And in the National League, I really think that the Braves or Cardinals can beat the Dodgers. I think the Nationals can beat the Dodgers if they get through Milwaukee. I, I really believe, like, Dodgers have a very good team, obviously. They have great starting pitching. But, like, mm-hmm. Jack Flaherty, dangerous. Washington's big three starters, dangerous. You know, Atlanta can throw Soroka and some and Fulton Nevich is looking better now and a good lineup out there. I don't – I mean, the Dodgers are the favorites out of the NL, but – I'm not going to rank them as highly. I'm going to have a lot of Astros in my first two rounds of this playoff pool rankings mm-hmm. and a bunch Especially of Yankees. The pitchers. Oh, but, I mean. Well, I think the first two picks have to be Verlander and Cole, don't they? Uh, or would yeah. you have Bregman no, and I Brantley? Mean. You know, like you can go either way on that. Kershaw and Bueller, I guess, would make cases just based on the Dodgers having the greatest odds of being in the World Series. But I agree with you that I think that there's a greater chance that one of the other competitors in the National League is going to topple the Dodgers there. By the way, I, I have Cardinals over Braves. Oh, I do too. I do wow, too. Wow, really? I think yeah. we, we are going uh, against the grain with that. Yeah, no, MLB, our ESPN's MLB coverage, uh, I want to project predictions, and I did that as well. But I do have the Dodgers and the Astros. You have Dodgers, it. Astros, and yeah. you have Astros over Dodgers. I have Dodgers over Astros. Either way, I mean, look, you never know. Nothing that happened so far is going to decide that series. It's going Watch to be. Watch the Twins finally win that series against the Yankees. I. <laughs> you, you're using reverse psychology. Yet. No, I mean, it. It, it is postseason baseball. It's a five-game series, and you know they say everything, anything can happen here. And I, I suppose it's possible, but the two AL teams that are favored for the ALCS have extremely high odds of being there. Uh, final player Raider numbers: Christian Yelich wins it barely over Ronald Acuna Jr. If Acuna doesn't get hurt in the final week, I bet he cashes them. Like one more stolen base, and he would have been the number one guy on the player Raider. But Yelich was awesome too. Among, among hitters, this is. Among hitters, yes. Yeah, they got That's beaten the by, two, by both the Astros pitchers. Right, Verlander won Cole, too. On the hitter side, I mean, Yelich, Acuna, yeah. Bellinger, Jonathan VR finishes fourth. That's amazing. Yeah. Trevor Story. So VR had a 20-homer, 40-steal season, the first since Matt Kemp, I believe, or Trout. Trout and Kemp are the only guys this decade to do it. 
I'm pretty sure. Um, I read that somewhere. So I, it was on Twitter, so it has to be right. Um, <laughs> Trout finishes eighth. Yeah. Um, Trey Turner, 10th. And on the pitching side, as you mentioned, the two Astros finished at the top, Verlander, Cole. But I think we're both going to take Cole over Verlander next year's draft. How, why was why is that for you? I think there are going to be other people who do take Verlander over Cole. I've seen him ranked higher, and I've seen him confidently ranked higher. The rationale would be age? I... What's, partly, the, what's the reason? Partly, but I actually don't have a problem with Verlander on the aging curve. I think he defies it. My main reason with Cole is that I put a heavy investment in the K percentage and the K per nine. And I I think what a lot of people are doing is hedging over his free agency. They're assuming he's going to be wearing pinstripes, and that's a terrible ballpark, a huge downgrade in terms of park factors. I'm not ready to make that assumption. I think it's not especially likely he's back in Houston, but he could end up somewhere else that's a good pitching environment. And if he's in the National League, for example, I think that would be But you do have to admit, it is a very big difference going from Houston to Yankee Stadium for 15 starts. Without question. That would be enough for me to make Verlander over Cole. But do we really have the right to ink him to the Yankees today? No, 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 we don't. But we do know that Houston is much more of a hitter, a pitcher's park than people realize. Oh, yes. So yes. just leaving Houston, he's not going to San Diego, I don't think. No. So, I mean, like, how many pitch? he's not going to the Giants. How many pitcher's parks are left where he could actually go reasonably? Uh, how many teams can afford this guy? The, the, the soon-to-be defending World Series champions. Uh, you mean the Dodgers? <laughs> yes, the Dodgers would be one. But And I don't think that's especially likely, but I, I, I can't rule it out. When there's a percentage chance that he's going to end up in a situation like that, yeah, I think I'm prepared to call him number one this far out. That's fair. Flaherty, number six on the final Raider. Bieber, bad last start, ends up at seven. Josh Hader, number eight among all pitchers, so he did great. That's a lot of strikeouts. He probably had more strikeouts than plenty of starting pitchers, mm-hmm. qualified starting pitchers. Did, did the Angels not get a qualified starting pitcher? No, they, you know, it, it was amazing. I was oh, looking no, at this. Oh, no, they didn't. They, as a matter of fact, almost became... The first team without 100 innings. Yeah, they, they had one guy, I think... Trevor Cahill did. Cahill had like 101 innings. Yeah, I wrote about that in the in the power rankings last week. I just found it unbelievable. And obviously, they had, they had injuries, they had tragedy, but um, to have only one pitcher just reach 100 innings and only in the final weekend is unbelievable. Um Pitching is all different now. Like somebody's going to win like the ERA title in five years with like a five ERA, and they're going to be the only pitcher to qualify for the ERA title. Like that's that's the thing. Are we going to need to adjust the? They have to. Like Rip Barcelo is going to win an ERA title, being the only pitcher to qualify for the (laughs) ERA title when he's when he's serving out the end of his six year contract with the Phillies. Oh, Um, oh, don't do this to yourself. Oh, I know it's happening. Oh, don't do this to yourself. It's absolutely happening. They need starting pitching. They're going to look at the FIP only. I, I mean, I don't even know what Porcello's FIP was. Anyway, let's get to your rankings here, which we alluded to on the final uh, last show of last week. Uh, Acuna, Trout, Yelich is your top three. Mine is Acuna, Yelich, Trout. Um, either way, you can't go wrong. Is the fourth pick in the draft the pick you don't want? No, I don't have a problem with fourth. What's the pick you don't want? The last pick? I, I like the last pick, too. You can get one of the starters. I'll tell you this. One of my strategies is going to be, there's a, a top tier of four starting pitchers. I feel like I don't have to get one of them, but if I end up picking at the back of the end of the first round, I'm going to want to get one of them mm-hmm. um, as opposed to waiting and getting like two of the top 15. Like I'd be happy with like a Bieber, Blake Snell, or Strasburg with uh, Flaherty. I'd be fine with that, but they're not in the top tier. What's your overall strategy going to be for next season? Yeah, the deeper the league, the more I'm comfortable with drafting late because of the prospect of getting one of those ace pitchers. If it's the 10-team standard... 
Uh, I think it inches downward beginning at four, and the point where I think it drops considerably is eight. Uh, I'm not, I don't feel very good about spot eight because that's when I need to begin thinking about the ace starters. I feel like it's too early. I also feel like if I take one of them there, I'm not going to be wild about the second round hitter I get. Okay. Fair enough. Well, who, think of it in terms of who the hitters are going to be there at eight. I, I'd have to think, in addition, Betts, Lindor, Bellinger, Bregman are gone at eight. That's At least that's my... Um, yes, I would say... I'm not sure about Bregman. I mean, you have him seven. I think I have him like around there, too. I mean, I think there's a lot of good hitters. It's almost like you can't go wrong. Usually, I look at a top 20, and I say, nah, I don't want that guy, or I don't want that guy. I look at your top 20, and other than Machado, who you have a 20, I can't see anybody else who I'm... Just like, no, I don't want that guy. Like, and I might move him down, too. That's Machado is one I'm really torn on. I would not have Machado over Javier Baez. I don't. I mean, would. I don't. Rendon, I have Rendon yeah, well, that's much higher one. than you. Um, you know, starting pitchers, that's different on how we gauge them. I'll tell you what. Like, I I think I have Aaron Judge 19 or 20 like you do. I have Pete Alonso only like three or four spots behind him. I, I, I think everything Alonso did this season – is real. He's not going to win a batting title, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. That that's a guy who, even if the ball reverts, he's still hitting forty home runs to me. So Pete Alonso, you have him thirty four. I probably have him like twenty four. I only did my top twenty, but on the just mists, like I have Alonso ahead of Machado on the just mists. How about mm-hmm. that? Yeah. JD Martinez is probably leaving Boston. I think that will affect his um, ranking for me. I, t- I still lean towards him not opting out because I don't. I don't think he's going to fare a lot better if he goes back out on the market but that's just my gut today um yeah that's possible after this i'm I'm, yes i was gonna say you mentioned about the ball reverting well i think it has to i I think i don't think it has to go back to the way it was three four years ago but i think it has to i think the commissioner has made it pretty clear it's not going to be the same baseball and it can't get worse i mean and when i say worse I don't want everybody hitting 40 home runs. I want some kind of normalcy here. Not for fantasy. I enjoy, I love baseball. You love baseball. I want some normalcy here so I can kind of see what's happening. Like we saw Jock Peterson hit a pop up the other day to the opposite field and it left San Diego's ballpark. He, there's no way he thought that was a home run. None of the fielders did. It's a joke. I want the baseball reverting back so it's, it's more accurate to traditional standards. You know, that's what I want. Jorge Soler, you want to hit 40 home runs? Earn it. Don't just hit fly balls. I, I I don't like what happened with the baseballs this year, and I'm pretty sure it's going to revert to some degree, but I don't know how much. And I think my worry is just we have no idea what the situation is with the supply of the current baseballs. And what really bothers me about the prospect of them changing this is that there was that one year in which it did happen mid-season. That's going to bother me a lot. Oh, yeah. You want to tell me you're starting with a new baseball next year on opening day? We can prep assuming that all 162 games are, are roughly equal. But what really bothered me was that one. I'm trying to figure out exactly which year it was, too. I think it was, uh, I think it was the 2015 season, but I could be mistaken by a year or two. It was around the All-Star break. I'll try and get the exact day. I'm trying to do the research for this during the offseason. But we can't have that happen. We can't have something happen where on July 1st it's a whole different story. Oh, I totally agree with you. I, I, I feel like it's going to be – I feel like it's not going to happen next year. I feel like it's going to well, take a year or two. You're doing a presentation at the Arizona Fall League for First Pitch Arizona, which uh, is put on by our friends at Baseball HQ. It's their 25th anniversary. You and I are both going to Arizona next weekend. And listeners and, can still go, so. Yeah, and uh, we're there and the great Ron Chandler and Brent Hershey and, and Eno Sarris, lots of great people. Um, you're doing a presentation on the change in baseball? Can yes. you give us a glimpse? 
So uh, pulling a lot of the player rater data, uh, a couple of takeaways I had were the value of homers, especially relative to other categories. So one of the ones is home runs. You'd be really surprised at the comparison between home runs and stolen bases. I pulled 15 steals. Let's say 15 steals. That's a pretty decent amount, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 15 steals this year. This is how many homers they were essentially worth. This year they were worth roughly 33 homers. Last year, 27. In 2014, they were worth 19 homers. That was the rough equivalent. And in 2001, that big homer year, so you'd think that it might be like this season, 25. That's how much more homers were worth and how much less steals were worth because of the scarcity of that particular category. And to me, that's that's shifting things into what you and I have been talking about all year, that your power guys need to come with a little bit of ability to fill that column. It also could mean that Trey Turner is a first-round pick next year. It could, yeah, and it doesn't feel natural to do that, but that's going to be the difficulty of the rankings process is once you get past the top 15 players, who I think are pretty clear based on their talent, you got to lean towards the steals guys. Jonathan Viars, you mentioned before. Man, I don't know where – you know, I was going to ask you, like, who are your toughest guys to rank? Because I don't know if if I feel you're right or wrong. You have VR at number 60, and, I, and well, you have Victor Robles at 59. There's yeah. some stolen base guys here in your top 100 – that I'm like, really? And then I'm like, I guess so. Like, where would, where do they deserve to be? I don't really know what to do with some of these yeah. players. The, some of the ones are the ones who feel only the homers. So Machado, we already mentioned. I'm taking a lot of heat for Starlin Marte. How generously I've ranked him. It does seem a little bit generous, yes. But he can hit some home runs, so he's not one category, and he is one of the safer stolen base investments. He, he is. It doesn't feel right, but. It doesn't feel right. Um, he should be Ozzie, like 40. But I mean, that's I, just my I feel. I go by feel. You go by in every draft you're in. He's why he didn't Guaranteed. this year. Did he this year? This year, I believe he did go before forty. I think his okay. ADP was about thirty-two. I can okay. look it up. Though. All right, no, no, that's fair. I mean, I, I look, look. You go by stats and Excel's and and three-year rankings, and I go mainly on feel. I mean, so we're very different in how we do things. Um, Ozzy Albies was another difficult one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because. I don't know if he's really a stolen base guy, yeah. and a lot of his value is is batting second, whereas Swanson, before he went in the tank in the second half and got hurt, like it, it, you know, he was the number two hitter on that team. So lineup spot does play a role here. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it interesting. Paul Goldschmidt and his replacement Christian Walker ended up with the, almost exactly the same numbers. Yet you have one of them number fifty one, and I don't even see the other one. So yeah. Yeah. like it's just interesting, like how like and again your rankings, I, you can't rip mine because I only did twenty. So I'm not ripping you. I'm just like I'm trying to think of the most difficult players to rank, mm-hmm. and how like Alberto Mondesi is one of them. Obviously, John Carlos Stanton is going to be one of them for me. Yep. I have no idea. I don't think he's durable at all. But you 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 ended up with him at 40, outfielder number 13. Yep, it's, it feels about right. To what me. is uh, Joey Gallo uh, next year? Yeah, That's another one I think was a bit tough. Because what if he goes back to hitting 220? If he goes back to being only fueling the home run category, he's a lot less valuable to me. You have Fernando Tatis 63, and I'll probably have him like 30. So that's a big difference there. Which is, what was your thought process on that one? You just you don't buy durability, I guess, right? Yeah, and and at 63, I don't think I'm fully knocking him for that, but I am a little bothered by the repetitive injuries and. I, I, I kind of liken it to the early Bryce Harper stage where people started to question the all-out style of play, whether it puts him at greater risk of not getting to 150 games. Fair enough. Nelson Cruz at 62. I like that a lot. Um, your closers start to come in a little early for my taste, but I understand your theory here. And we're going to get to the closers and a, cl- and a carousel a little bit later in the second half of the show. I can give you some numbers on that as well. 
Um, I'm w- waiting that. Well, you know, let's finish up the first half, mm-hmm. and then we'll have some sounds and other stuff in the second half. So, yeah. so why don't we just divide it right here and start the second half after this? Um, let's finish that thought. This will be the closer carousel. The, the closer, closer carousel. carousel. Okay, so um, we can see who were the save leaders: Kirby Yates, Asuna, Chapman, and Hader. Um, Hader did Hader or Yates end up the number one on the player rate? Let me just Hader check this. Did. Hader did. Okay, so he ended up passing Yates in the final weekend because he had a couple saves. Um, now you've got Hader at number what is it, forty-eight, which is way too early for me, but I don't want him. <laughs> I don't want him if if I if the to take him if I have to take Josh Hader over George Springer and Mike Clevenger, I I, I won't do it. Um, and Whit Merrifield. I, I, I just won't do it. Whit's a tough one to rank. That was one we didn't mention in the first half. So what's your theory here on the, on the relief pitchers? So using those same player rater numbers I mentioned before the break, uh, 30 saves. 30, 30 saves. Pretty good year, right? Yeah, yeah. This kind of surprised me. 30 saves this year were worth 26 more. 26, 26 more. 26% more than they were five years ago. Yeah. There were 27% saves. more than they were in 2001. So the value of the elite reliever was far greater this year. And by the way, it also was almost spot on in 2017. And in 2018, it was also really high. The fact that these that these closer roles are being divided up means that the ones who are locked into the role and the ones who are stable week over week during the season, those pickups, Ian Kennedy, are worth a lot more than they used to be. Right, and when I said fewer saves, what I really meant was fewer saves for the elite guys. Were there fewer saves overall this season? That's a very good question. I will get you the answer. In I mean, I'm looking here as I look at the top ten on the player raider. Um, Hader, Yates, Osuna, Liam Hendricks finished fourth. And I, and I asked myself while I was watch, writing the blog last week on closers, why can't Liam Hendricks save 35 games next season? They don't have to give the job back to Blake Trinan. Hendricks is better right now. Yeah. If they're both healthy in March, I guess it could be a you know a situation where they figure it out. But why can't Liam Hendricks do this again? He can. Um, Aralus ended up seventh on the player raider, which is odd because I've got him ranked as the number two. I have him two for next season. And by the way, don't just take this year's numbers, people, and say, oh, they're going to do that again next year. Kirby Yates is not going to have the same ERA next year. None of these guys might. Things change from year to year, and especially with relief pitchers. I mean, there's nothing year over year. Um, It's... uh... (laughs) I'm not trying to make the case here that you've got to draft one of these top closers because, to your point, they're they're sometimes in, unpredictable. Blake Trinan. I mean, Blake Trinan actually sunk two of my teams this year. Almost single-handedly sunk them. One of them was I was going with the entirely heavy relief strategy, and you have to get your saves if you're going to go that direction. Trinan just ruined me in that particular league. To your point about – or your question about the saves, whether they're down, it was not the lowest number in the 22 years since we've had 30 teams in the league. That was 2000 with 1178, but the 1180 this year was the third fewest. And two of the three lowest years for saves during the 30-team uh, era have been in the past three. So, yeah, saves are down overall. It's not by a huge amount. But enough. There's going to be sleepers in next year's draft. Ken Giles will be one of them for me. Um, I, you know, I'm not so sure I'm going to have to draft. I'd like to draft three closers in a normal draft. I think uh, you're going to have a hard time doing it the I, way that you approach it. I agree. I, I think it's going to be more like like one guy I can count on for saves. All right, another guy who I think is getting saves, and then like a like a Seth Lugo type who I think is just really good who should get saves. Right. 
And I think they need to do something else for you in terms of giving you more innings to help the ratios, or they have to get lots of Ks, a very high K rate. That's the way I like to, to, to approach it in Towers. I don't I like to go with your, your description. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think I'm going to do as your rankings say when it comes to relief pitchers. I don't, I don't want to take a, a closer in the top 100. But I do think I will take one guy I can really count on not long after that. Like, if... It might be Razel Iglesias or Archie Bradley. If they're like around in like round 11, 10, 12, it might be Kimbrell. <laughs> How ironic would that oh, be? Boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, no. I, I don't think he's going to be bad next year. I, I don't think he's going to be awesome with a 250 ERA, but I don't see him failing next year. I think he needs a spring training and I think he needs a different baseball. I think the different, the baseball affected certain relief pitchers more than others. And it really affected Edwin, Edwin Diaz to me. Yeah. It's Sean Doolittle who keeps giving up home runs. It really. I think Kimbrell, by the way, is going to be an attractive pick based on where he goes ADP wise and the fact that he does get K's. And I think that's very important for a closer nowadays. I agree. Totally agree with that. I would say like, I'm based on your rankings, I'm going to end up with Ken Giles and Liam Hendricks on a bunch of teams. And see, that's the thing about this. I don't know that I would pick Hater in the spot that I ranked him at because it's not the way I usually build a team. But when I put that number there, it reminds me that if he slips a few spots behind that, that's when it's time to take them. I think that's Liam Hendricks on the phone saying, <laughs> He's Christian, objecting to the, to I am going strategy. to be the closer next year for Oakland. He's saying it in an Aussie voice. Um, uh, yeah. But I'm not going to try to pretend to do that. I'm going to move on now. More sounds of the season. Here are the combo meals. Hey, it's a combo meal. I'm not even sure who had them recently, and I don't think I care. But um, here are the leaders for the – no, it doesn't matter. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, is it important? There's some interesting names on this list, though. In fact, you if I said that you guess the top three, you would have said Yelich. He's, he had 11 of them. Yeah. After that, like, I... <laughs> there's one of them I just never would have guessed. And he had an amazing season, and nobody's going to project him to do it again. So Yelich had 11 combo meals this year. Right. Stalin Marte had six. Danny Santana yeah, had six combo meals. Yeah. Now I'm gonna look at you see if you even ranked them at all. Like, like how could you like He's know tough what to rank? He was tough to rank. How do you know what to do with him? I know. I, it's it, it was tough to rank. Christian Yelich, by the way, uh, tied for the sixth most combo meals of all time. Yeah, you didn't even like you have him as the 84th outfielder, uh, Danny Santana, but. He uh, that was an amazing season. It Out really of, was one of the free agent monsters of the year who won people leagues. I'm giving credit. I didn't Did think he? he could do it. Did he really? Oh, I. So why didn't he? He ended up with a. I'm, I'm going to look and see what his final player rater rank was. But what an amazing season he had. I, Did he have like? I, uh, and I still just. I mean, do you buy it? Do you really buy a? Of repeat? course not. But he ended up. He ended up with 28 home runs, 21 steals, 81 runs, 282. That's an f- amazing four-category player. He ended up here. Here's all you need to know about Danny Santana, Tristan. Mm-hmm. He ended up higher on the player radar than Pete Alonso, George Springer, Jorge Soler. Wow. He beat out Eugenio Suarez. He beat out all Austin Meadows, Nelson Cruz, Carlos Santana. Wow. He was the most valuable Santana. Danny Santana was a number 27 hitter on the player radar. Number 26 was batting champion Tim Anderson. Now, no, I didn't think that would continue all season long, but it did. 
did. He was 48 overall, and he was ahead of such pitching names as Lance Lynn, Mike Soroka, and Mike Clevenger. So, <laughs> oh, I mean, look, year. we are not we are here to offer praise on the, the winners of Fantasy Leagues and the, the people who won them, and Tim Anderson and Danny Santana. Yes, I do think they won people leagues. You might be thinking, well, people that were in eighth place picked up Danny Santana. Well, maybe they moved up to third and won a little money or something or a little they pride. Will, they will. Both those hitters will give back at least 25 points of batting average. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But they that. were very good years, and I'm not saying that they're completely undraftable. It's just that with with the discipline that they did have we, in the plate. Did we learn a lesson here, though? If a guy is doing something in June, maybe we don't punt on him? Yes, yes. And that is a lesson that's not not exclusive to this year. That is a trend I've been noticing over easily the past half, de- half decade, if not longer than that, is that the in-season, fluke, quote, fluky guys do often sustain the, that that level of production throughout the year. And we see it more on the pitching side. We've mentioned Trevor Williams on the show before. I, I do think, yeah, there's a reason to believe to, to, to juice the orange and hope it just keeps... It just... DJ LeMayu didn't stop. Yeah. DJ LeMayu never stopped hitting and running. Well, DJ LeMayu well, is running. a little different character than these two. Yes, I agree with that. But, like, it seems to me I'm trying to find players who had a great first half and a rotten second half, and Josh Bell stands out a little bit, but not really. Uh, Manny Machado's final month... Right. Like who oh, was, was who awful. was a player we were like sell on this guy. We kept saying to do that with Tim Anderson, and Danny Santana and then they never stopped doing it, you know? So Brian Reynolds still ended up hitting 300. I mean, I don't think we were out on Reynolds though because he didn't really carry a lot of value. Gio Ursula didn't stop. Brett Gardner ended up with almost 30 home runs. Ursula is a great example of this lesson. Ursula is a great example of it. The other, the, yeah, who are the okay? So the sell high guys. I don't see that many that fell apart. Here, let me just read the rest of the combo mill leaders yeah. here: Yelich, Marte, Santana, and then a bunch of guys had four. Brett Gardner had four. Ronald Acuna, Francisco Lindor, Bryce Harper, uh, who ended up stealing what, like fifteen bases. Give him credit. Brett he didn't stop. He, he hit in September. Did you did you look at Brett Gardner's final line? Unbelievable. Twenty eight home runs. I mean, you want to talk about the baseball. baseball? This yeah. is a guy who was signed to be the fourth outfielder. He's 36 years old. And what's amazing is he stole only 10 bases all year, but he had four combo meals. <laughs> How about that? That's pretty remarkable. VR yeah. and Laureano, the other guys with four combo meals. Anyway, we just like combo meals in this show because they're fun and all that, and we have a good time with it. Um, let me read this from our friends at ZipRecruiter. Hiring can be a slow process. Cafe Altura's COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter does not depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter got a quality candidate within the very first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash K-A-R-A-B-E-L-L. ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay. Um, what else do we need to do here in the final 10 or so minutes of our show? Um, we did your rankings. We could um, try to dig up a couple of hash brown related things if we like. Maybe. I don't see any. Uh, oh, there are. There are hash browns. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't see them uh, on the on the notes. So I guess uh, we should play me, a little bit of music. That, get, yeah. Yeah, let, me, let me give you one note just because we didn't update this one on the Vampire League. Because okay. I know we, we yours wrapped. 
but let's give uh, Sven Peterson a big congrats for dominating the final round of the Vampire League. Yeah, one day we got to ask Kyle why my Vampire League ended two weeks before yours. Yeah, I still I don't, don't entirely understand that. <laughs> what? I don't you... make the rules. Oh, look who's oh, here. Oh, no, he's here. Look this... who found his way back. Let's yeah, talk man. about Mike Miner. Oh, did I say Oh, that? that was so... <laughs> the way he got that 200 strikeout was the most Mike Miner thing I've ever seen. I was thinking of you when that happened. So your ridiculous hate of this guy, he ended uh, up number 22 in the player yeah, we, uh, we said a good line. I want to give us credit. Like, pat on the back to us for setting a good line there. I will own yeah. zero shares of Mike Miner next year. No, you did really well in the over-under. You should start giving us – you do you do our over-unders for next year. Y- sure. you, you use your 18th round pick on Tyler Chatwin. See how I that works. certainly <laughs> will. Hey, new uh, manager. Maybe he'll be inspired, get a new role. He'll break through in a huge find way. Find the strike zone on occasion. I like it. Yeah, Kyle, it you was on the managerial list? Sure. <laughs> if I am, you know who's starting opening day. Oh, boy. <laughs> Um, anyway, manager ever. It, it's nice to have him back on loan from football for the past <laughs> two months. But, uh, Tariqa, let's have a little music here, and we'll uh, finish up with some hash browns here for the end of our season, if it's okay with everybody. Um, Gordon's first question, are you buying Aristides Aquino's seven steals and 205 at bat pace for a full season? What do you do with Aquino, Tristan? I'm trying to find him in your rankings here because it seems to me that he is going to be really tough to rank. Um, you have him 143 and outfielder 42, but his numbers, his numbers say he should be better than that and the rankings, but I'm, I, I'm with you. I don't see it. Man, he just didn't do anything in the minor leagues to make me think that the power, the steals, the batting average, now he ended up at 259. So he's a little bit like Austin Riley coming back to the pack. Mm-hmm. Is this a 30 home run guy next year who steals 15 bases? Yeah, the steals are the part that catches my eye, because I do think the powers with Jetty's in the right ballpark for it. To the point about the steals, if you dig up the sprint speed from the StatCast data, he's actually 76th out of the full qualifying 568 players. That's actually pretty darn good. Maybe he could get to that 15 stolen base threshold, and if he does, I, I think I've probably underranked him. And when I put that number on him, when I published it, I thought, wow, I'm being way too generous. He's going to go better than this in all drafts. He is. I, I think you're right. 15th round? No. People aren't going to be that patient. I don't They're I not going to show Mondesi or Guerrero enthusiasm in drafts. Remember, we saw them going in the top 25 in the early drafts. I don't think we'll see Aquino go there. Do we see him go in the top 50 in any drafts? Aquino? I doubt that. You know what? I just it, Kyle's here. Kyle, if you want to read, if your voice still works from the football show, it why does. don't you read some hash browns for us as we finish up our season? Because sure. you played a major role in this season. I mean, you were doing just about everything except hosting. Uh, so we appreciate he that. He was our Marwin Gonzalez. <laughs> yes. All the versatility. I'll, I'll take it. That's a compliment. Let's get a couple questions in here. Sure. Lewis wants to know if you're still hoping on Zach Wheeler can make that step to a true ace or if what we saw this year is kind of what we should expect the rest of the way. You have him, Tristan, as your number 37 starting pitcher, which feels about right. Is he leaving the Mets? He's, he's a free agent. He's, a, he's a, uh, eligible for free agency, I believe. So he'll be the number two starter ahead of Porcello in the Phillies rotation. They're going to give him a – so, Kyle, you probably haven't been listening, but Rick Porcello <laughs> is totally ending up on the Phillies next season. Oh, Three years, $75 million. Of course I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't matter what I want. I oh. like Wheeler, though, so maybe you could, like, counteract the two. If you have Wheeler there and Porcello, like, together you get one good pitcher. Obviously, I would take Wheeler over Porcello. Yes. Um, yeah. And 
you know, but the question, Tristan, is uh, is Zach Wheeler going to be a top 20 starter at some point ever? Because he's got the ability, and he struck out 195 hitters. His ERA and whip were just a little bit bloated for my taste. But, like, if, if he ends up replacing Garrett Cole in Houston, I'll rank him, like, number 23. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, Houston's become the new uh, racerage destination. <laughs> you want to talk about, oh, it's something magical for any pitcher who comes here. Houston! So I like what you're thinking there. Other than that, I think I think this is what he is. I Houston, think we have no problems. And what he is is fine. You know, like what, yeah, Zach, yeah. what Zach Wheeler is is like you don't. Every one of your starting pitchers doesn't need to be Garrett Cole. If if this is your number three starter in a fantasy league or in real life, I think you're doing fine. Mm-hmm. He didn't give up a ton of home runs. It's a lot of strikeouts. Uh, whips a little high, but maybe the Babbitt was. I mean, they had no defense behind him, so you put him behind a decent defense and. Yeah, threw harder this year than ever. Oh, that's a very good point. If you compare the defenses, the Mets defense oh, yeah. did not do favors for this pitching staff. Oh no, they was a terrible defense. One of the worst defenses in the league. All right, what's next? Brendan wants to know if you're riding the Byron Buxton roller coaster again next season. Nope. <laughs> nope. Can't do it. Can't do it. And how can you do it? How can you? This He's been in the majors for five years. Now, he's only going into his age 26 season next year. But what do we know about Buxton? We know he can't hit for bat average because he doesn't take walks. So he's a wild swinger. We know that durability is a huge issue. In only one of these five seasons does he have more than 100 games played. Now, I don't think it's a lot of power either. Like, he didn't hit for major power with this happy fun baseball. I think at his best, if he has one full season of 600 PAs, and really, how could that happen? It'd be like 15 home runs, 15 to 20 home runs. Yeah. And he could steal 30 bases. Like he, like in 2017, he was 16 homers and 29 steals and 30 attempts. That's, I feel like that's his ceiling. That's right, listeners. That's an Eric Carabell clip from 2015. Well, right? I mean, no, it's, you want to keep dealing with this? I don't. This is, this is dead on accurate. And I'm, as a guy who's backed him for so long, I'm getting incredibly aggravated. And about the best thing I can say in Buxton's defense for me from a draft perspective is, Oh, uh, cool. I get another year of no-cost keeper in my sim league. I got nothing else. <laughs> That's it. I mean, it's, I'm, I'll keep him because it's not going to cost me anything. I, I, I think we got to be out at this point, that this is who he is. Did you rank? Let me see if you even ranked him. I probably ranked him too generously. 270 and outfielder 78. That's fair. Yeah. Look, in the final rounds, I'll take just about anybody with upside. You have Francisco Mejia there, Gio Urshula there. Garrett Hampson, that's where Buxton belongs now with those players. Pablo Lopez, these are players who have, I think, intriguing upside, mm-hmm. but they have to be like you're in the last round or two of a standard 10 team. Only so. StatCast metric that stands out from the hitting perspective is that on line drives and homers, he had a pretty high average exit velocity, and I think we're really nitpicking here then. I agree. What's next? Matt wants to know when you guys are going to stop underrating Jose Abreu. Comes in 126th overall for Tristan's ranks for 2020. Does his consistency not hold increased value? Yeah, that's ridiculous, Tristan. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just being honest. Okay. I'm friends with you. I am like number 50. So why? I have number 50 every year. So do you think next year he hits a wall? What is he, 32? Um, 33 next year. 284, 33. I think he led the majors in RBI or led the AL. Can't find a more consistent power hitter right now. Like, I, I'm in. Like, what, one, only one year out of his six did he fail to play in 145 games. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe 50 is a little generous, maybe 65, 70, but, like, what's your problem here? Well, Nelson Cruz is more consistent a power hitter than he is. But <laughs> he's a little Nelson older. Cruz is also eight years older. So, yeah. <laughs> like, a Braves lineup next year is going to have Makata and um, Eloy around him and maybe that kid, uh, Luis Robert. Like, that I White think Luis S- Robert will be up at some point. The White Sox could be the Braves in two years. Uh, they could be next year's Braves from last year. They could. Next uh, playoff team? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Because remember, the Braves did come out of nowhere er- uh, on an earlier point in the curve than people expected. And I, I believe the Astros also did this in their first big year. Um, sometimes I just, it does I happen just a don't get like what don't you like? You're you're probably right. I mean, now that I'm digging up the the underlying metrics, he he does look very good. A near fifty percent hard contact rate. The barrel rate was in the top twenty five in the majors. The average exit velocity is very high. I I, I need to give him. I think easily I, a 30, 30 spot bump. I think where you have him at his position. Like I would have him over Luke. Luke Voigt did nothing in the final month. Or yeah, two. yeah, and uh, and just reading about where he's at. So you've got it. you've got Matt Olson seventy three, Reese Hoskins seventy five. To me, Abreu belongs right with those guys in the seventies. Uh, Hoskins for sure. I'll take Olson over Abreu every single day of the week. But I think you're right about Hoskins. Um, you probably are doing a draft every single day of the week, aren't you? Oh, I'd love to do that. Hey, if anybody wants to do a draft this week, come on, guys, let's let's do it. I Please, would do guys. an early draft for next you season. Kyle, you in? In. No, he's Tom, too, in? too busy with football. He, Tom's <laughs> not even there. He's doing fantasy basketball <laughs> rankings. Season, uh, my do not draft for fantasy hoops we is can, coming out Wednesday. We can pick basketball <laughs> and baseball players in this draft. How does that sound? Um, first base was tough to rank him from an overall perspective. It's probably based on where I put him in the tiers. That's what's costing him in the overall. I still want somebody to pick up on my overall, you know, four sport rankings. I think that'd be so much fun. There's, you know? a, there there's leagues out there, leagues. legal leagues I'm, that I'm, does that. I'm in a league like that. I, I play in a league like that. I've won it the last couple of years, but I want to do rankings at ESPN where I've got like Christian Yelich is the fourth pick and the fifth pick is, you know, Carl Giannis. Anthony Towns yeah. and the you know, sixth pick is, you know, uh, Connor McDavid. I think that'd be so fun. Anyway, get to another question, I guess. It's not happening here, but like, you know, I think it's going to be. Like I would love to play in four sport. I'm, my league is the only three sports. I want to add hockey, oh, but that's nobody right. else in that league wants to. If you want to do a four sport league with me, tweet me. That's that's probably the there, wrong thing to say. Oh no! Oh yeah, no! Oh, you're yeah. doomed. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> no, I would. You know, actually, some of my cool leagues I found for like through like not maybe not Twitter, but like you know, a friend of a friend. You know, yeah. I'm in a I'm in a football league now with a friend that we met from our sim league who I didn't know five years ago. Like. It's, Stuff happens like yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Um, there's one more question. What is it? Well, I, I have two more quick ones. I want to know who is going to the World Series this year. Oh, we did that before you came. Oh, but well, thanks for listening. Right. <laughs> I'm kind of listen. Okay, I can't do it all here. <laughs> Who's your pick? I'm trying. I got yeah, what, Braves, what do you got? Astros, Astros over the Braves. What'd you guys end up on? Uh, he had Dodgers over Astros. I had the reverse. Oh, so we're all very chalky. Okay. I don't. I you know as a you gotta be chalky. Yeah, no, year. I'm not, not knocking it. I think in this case, you gotta almost have to be chalky, but yes. Anyway, no, and you've got Braves. Okay, that's interesting. And the last question for National Homemade Cookie Day on Tuesday, what are you guys celebrating with? What's your favorite homemade cookie? Uh, well, my wife last year made some chocolate chip cookies that literally took me like six weeks to eat. Cause Why I was did eating. It takes six could, weeks to eat. It could be taken them. many ways. Cause, yeah. cause, <laughs> No, they were delicious, but like, you know me, like, I'm not eating a whole cookie, so like, 
Nah, so, so she, she made, made like four cookies. Yeah. cookies. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to wear my Cookie Carrasco t-shirt. I'll tell you that. I like that. Yes. What a, I yeah. love the t-shirt. It's really big, but I like it a lot. Um, if you yes. ate the cookies faster, the t-shirt would fit better. Um, yes. I, I don't want to gain weight. I, I, I like the weight I'm at. Um, fair for my running, my, my burgeoning running career. Um, anyway, so National Homemade, what's your favorite cookie? So my, my favorite cookie is chocolate chip. Mine's chocolate chip. It's got to be relatively soft. Yours is probably eggplant chocolate chip. That's ridiculous. Eggplant no, actually, chip. you know the one that I, I found that I really like? It's as terrible as this is. I like that, that quick check one that has the Reese's peanut butter cup in it. Anything oh, I, with I peanut butter is great. Eh? I would try that. Oh, I got to take it there. Sometime when we're passing a quick check, we got to grab one. When are you and I going to pass a quick check? Like every 10 minutes in this area of the country. <laughs> You, you, when I've, when, anytime I've met up with you, we're driving like right past one. Do you not see them? No, I don't look. And then I get that that chocolate macadamia coffee with you know all sorts of extra chocolate and syrups. Kyle, would you eat eggplant parm? I do. I I would eat eggplant parm. I would not. I heard the podcast. I wouldn't rank it above veal or chicken, but I do enjoy myself an eggplant like, parm. I can't even do a show with Tristan anymore after this because <laughs> he likes eggplant more. Yet he did what fifteen shows after. That. Did you see? Did you, you didn't respond to my text last week. I had a beautiful chicken parm sandwich. I ate half of it and half the other next day for lunch. But Wait, how did I miss that? I don't know how you missed it because you don't. You only read like one out of every ten texts I send you and emails. That's you literally. True. That's true, Kyle. He he only sees like. So, why am I complaining? Oh my god, there's a sandwich. Eric, this don't you check great. your text the same time every like every on the hour? I think Tristan needs some kind okay, of system. Okay, I'm like sensing that. the hate here. This is why we threw Whoa, you off the show, Kyle. There's no hate here. I, I, I didn't want you <laughs> picking on me. No, I I am uh, team organized your wallet, and I think you're on that side with me, not Tristan. Oh yeah. So hey, hey, Tristan's a mess. He's a mess with his wallet. I, I, I will admit my wallet is currently organized. Mine is very organized, Kyle. As I will have you know, I'm that proud the, of you. The dollar bills are in order, and they they're facing the same way. I, I organized mine for the first time ever in my life, and I get no credit for it, Kyle. Come no, on. I'm I want to give you credit, but I mean, I think we're a little late to be making a first here, as far as wallet a organization skeptical goes. Too. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll take a picture of it. I, I appreciate <laughs> that. I need to see. We need photographic proof. I can't believe you guys still use wallets. Yeah, that's. Like, I think mine has two dollars in a wallet. Yeah. Since I was in like elementary school. Where do you put your money? <laughs> on my phone. I don't use. Cash. Hold on. I've used, I used yeah. cash since the nineties. <laughs> you haven't used cash since the nineties. No, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with. I'm with you on that. Oh my goodness. Okay, here you go. I'm texting you the picture of my very organized wallet right now, so you can totally believe me. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I need evidence for this. Come on, we can't finish a season. I without can't it. open my phone until the top of the hour, but I'll look at the picture. Here we oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> it's, You'll it's, look at the I got, picture. I'm waiting for it. I don't see it. All right, I, we, All right, we are on a wrap. Tariq is like, "What is Perfect. this ridiculous? This has nothing to do with baseball." Um, there was a hash point here from Luke. Are you planning a few off-season pods to react to things? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, Luke. I think it kind of depends on who else is available to produce. And I got yeah. you. We'll make it happen. But it's possible. We normally we do one around the winter meetings, so maybe maybe we can reconvene then if you can find you know an hour off of your busy schedule there, Kyle. Yeah, no, I got you, Tristan. Organizing one dollar, I, I don't think you can have an unorganized one dollar, can you? It still counts. D- oh, oh, Tristan, there's only one dollar in the right direction. <laughs> he just tweeted. He just texted us one dollars in his wallet. And that doesn't, right that doesn't count. That's like calling one thing a streak. Like, it's not a streak. You, you can still have use un- a Rolodex? Is that a Rolodex next to your wallet? Where? What is that? 
That looks like a Rolodex. We're done for today's show. I have lots of people to thank, so let's thank them right now. Obviously, I want to thank my partner in crime, Tristan H. Cockroft, um, who's a great co-host all season long. It's been a lot of fun, and hopefully we get to do it again next year. Um, thanks to editorial watchdog Tom Carpenter. He barely spoke, but his actions always do. Um, thanks to uh, – good luck with Fantasy Hoops, although I'll be doing it with You'll you. Be You'll be there with yeah, you. Yeah, be there with you. Um, thanks to fill-in host AJ Mass, terrific editor and pal to all. Thanks to our researcher and producer Kyle Soppy. Great season for four months. Awesome job. <laughs> he hates Mike Miner, loves Tyler Shaw. I'll never get it, but uh, whatever. Um, be true to your brand. That's all you can do. Um, thanks to our producers, Tarika Foster and Troy Farkas for handling things the final couple months. They didn't have to do it. They may not know anything about fantasy baseball, but they did a great job. Thank you so much, Tarika and to Troy. And, um, I guess that's about it. And thank you to you, the listeners. I have no idea how many people listened or downloaded or any of that stuff. I don't care. I know that people tweeted us saying they really enjoyed the show this year and that they won their leagues or like me, they finished second in their leagues and whatever the case is, we're here for entertainment and information purposes. We did the best we could for two shows a week for six, seven months. And uh, I enjoyed it. Tristan, any final thoughts from you? Yeah, I'll throw a couple of thanks there. The listeners as well, they deserve two thanks because without them, we're no show. That's the bottom line. Uh, I will thank Eric, of course. You're number one as a co-host in my book, even if you're not going to accept the always as ranks number one in the, 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 the co-host rankings. Thank you to Kyle. Thank you to Tarika. Thank you to, to uh, Troy. Thank you to Daniel Dapo, who also uh, uh, did the producing That's right, he the did. first I couple of shows. That's right, he did. I forgot Thank you to Jeff Passan, who was one of our guests this year. Great show that was. Uh, thank you to AJ as well. He deserves two thanks because he did a great job filling in as well this season. And I'm feeling like I'm going to forget somebody. If I did, I am terribly sorry for that. But thank you. Thank you for an awesome year. And hey, darkness. don't forget uh, editorial watchdog emeritus Leo Howell. That's this right. right. Thank you, of course, to Leo. Yes. And I hope he's doing well at his new job. Anyway, that is all for the Fantasy Focus Baseball for the 2019 regular season. We hope to be back with you soon in the off season for everybody who makes the show great or average or second place worthy. Have an awesome off season. Everything is awesome. That's a wrap. <laughs> Clean your wallet. <laughs>